episode 16 of In the Abstract, the Lakeland Title Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Johnson, the founder and owner of Lakeland Title. Uh, for this episode, we're going to talk about uh, the things you can do to make your offer more attractive to a seller. So any of you that are shopping for houses right now, you know that it's some of the lowest inventory we've had in many years. Um, you know, Part of that is due to COVID, a lot of people not wanting to sell, and also the, uh, the lumber shortage that we're currently experiencing. Um, and just the currently the low interest rates that are a lot of people looking to buy. So it's a lot of factors that are kind of contributing to this very low inventory. So houses are going pretty quickly. There's a lot of competition uh, in the housing market right now. So I'm just going to go through some things you can do that can kind of, you know, make your offer more attractive to sellers so that they will accept it and you can get that house. So the first one I'm going to talk about is uh, if you can do an all cash sale, that's, you know, going to be the most attractive to uh, a seller because they know they won't have to worry about financing. So you won't have to go through that financing waiting period where they're waiting for the buyer's financing to get approved. It can close a lot faster and uh, they won't have to worry about someone not getting approved for financing and then having to list the house again for sale. So if you can do an all cash offer, you know, that's advantageous. Now, I know a lot of people don't, you know, just have that kind of cash available. Uh, if you have maybe a family member that can maybe uh, loan you the money so that it's kind of like a cash offer. Uh, but you're still actually getting financed because that family member can actually hold a mortgage on that property. And so you can go ahead and close quick on it. Uh, you know, the title company that you're working with can, you know, draft a mortgage for your family members so that they can have a mortgage on that property. And then you just go and you refinance, you know, the, the day after the closing, you can start that process. And it kind of takes the pressure off and, and it doesn't really matter at that point, you know, if it takes a little while because you've already bought the house. So you don't have to worry about, about that part of it. So those are the kind of options. But if you are going to finance, uh, the things you're going to want to do on that end is if you can get a pre-qualification letter. So a pre-qualification letter is different from a pre-approval letter. So a pre-approval -pre letter, the lender just kind of takes a, uh, a a kind of you know broader view of your finances. They'll look at you know your income and your expenses and things like that, and they'll kind of come up with an idea of what you will probably qualify for. And it's usually you know a pretty good idea, but they're not really going that deep into the file as if they would when you go through the actual full loan process. But if you get a pre-qualification letter that they will take a deep dive into your finances and give you a letter that actually says like, this is what they're very, very likely to get financed for. And so it just kind of gives that seller some more assurances that, uh, you know, the financing is going to happen. Somebody's looked at their file, you know, everything's kind of shored up. And so we don't really have to worry about financing falling through. And it also kind of speeds up the process because a lot of the, the work that the lender has to do, they've already done uh, as part of that process. So it kind of makes things a little bit faster and it will just make the seller a little bit more comfortable with agreeing to a finance sale uh, if you, you know, already went through those steps, just kind of shows you're serious and it shows that, uh, you know, there's, there's very little chance of the financing falling through. Uh, so you can do that. Uh, and here are some other kind of riskier things you can do uh, is you can waive appraisal. So I don't really recommend that. I wouldn't buy a house uh, and, and waive the appraisal, uh, but it is, I mean, it depends on how bad you want that house and it is an option. Now, if you're financing this purchase, you're going to want to check with your lender to make sure that they're okay with you waiving appraisal because sometimes the lender just, they won't allow it. Uh, you know, most of the times lenders want an appraisal on that property, but maybe if there was a recent appraisal that could be used, you know, maybe that uh, could work, but definitely check with the lender before you uh, put that in the contract. Uh, and another one is the inspection. Also, again, if you're financing the purchase, check with your lender to make sure that you can waive inspection. I would personally never waive an inspection, but if maybe it's a situation where they had a pre-inspection before they listed the house, and you could maybe use that. So that, you know, could be a, a safer way to go about it. But again, that those are kind of too risky. 
options that you could take, but you know, it really kind of depends on how bad you want the property. Uh, and so another one is uh, called an escalation clause. And this is what would be used in kind of if you have multiple offer situations. So if there's, you know, you know, there's a bunch of offers coming in on this property and you really want to get the house so you can put a clause in the contract that will say, if there's a higher offer that comes in at the same time as ours, our offer will increase by, you know, $1,000 or $2,000 uh, or something like that. Or it'll increase, you know, $1,000 over the highest offer within a certain range. So, and if you uh, have a real estate professional that you're working with, a realtor, uh, they can definitely help you out with that. It's escalation clauses are very tricky. So I wouldn't recommend that you try to do that as, you know, kind of a situation where you're not represented by a realtor. That's really something you need to have a realtor involved in because they're tricky and they really have to be worded correctly. But it's, you know, it's another, you know, tool in your arsenal that you could use to make your offer more attractive. You just really want that house and you want to make sure that you get it. So that's another uh, option that you have. Uh, another one is just writing a personal letter to the seller. So uh, you can, you know, write a personal letter to the seller, give it to your realtor. They'll give it to the listing agent who will give it to the sellers, just kind of explaining uh, why you want that house. You know, what do you, you know, really like that neighborhood? Did you grow up in that neighborhood? Uh, you know, those kind of things, just kind of telling the seller something about you. And it can kind of make them a little bit more comfortable with it because, uh, you know, with commercial real estate, it's kind of all about the numbers. Uh, but in residential real estate, people get emotionally connected to properties. So, you, you know, you don't know what the seller's emotional connection might be to that property. Maybe it was their family home that they grew up in, you know, or maybe it was their grandmother's house or you don't know what's going on. And they may just be very concerned with, they don't want to sell the property to somebody that's going to tear it down or uh, that's just going to rent it out or not really appreciate the property and kind of love it the way that they did. And a personal letter can kind of uh, give you that extra edge if that's something that's going on in their head. Because uh, I have seen situations where, you know, maybe they'll take a lower offer or they'll take a financed offer over a cash offer because, you know, the cash offers from somebody who's going to flip it or somebody who's going to, you know, tear it down or something like that. Whereas, you know, the financed offer is somebody who's going to live in the house and actually appreciate it and enjoy it uh, just like they did. So, you know, that's, that's kind of a strategy that you can use. And in general, if you're in a competitive uh, market situation, you want to make your offers just as clean as possible. So, like I said, if you any contingencies you can remove, uh, you know, are going to be helpful. Again, you can remove that appraisal and inspection contingencies, but I don't recommend that, and I wouldn't do it. But you know, it's an option that's out there. But also, uh, if you need closing costs, uh, asking for closing costs is going to kind of, uh, you know, that's going to be one of those contingencies in there that kind of may scare off a seller if they've got other off offers that aren't asking for closing costs. So if you can remove that and you can, you know, pay the closing costs yourself. Uh, it's a good option. Just remove that from the from the offer and don't make it part of the sale. Uh, you know, any extra things you wanted to ask for, if you can really kind of do without them and not, you know, ask for a bunch of things in the contract, it's going to make it a lot more attractive. Now, in a situation where you really did need some of those closing costs to be paid for by the seller, uh, just because of your situation and you don't have the money for the closing costs right now, you could still make it work by exploring some of the uh, programs that your state might offer. So I know in my state, Louisiana, there's uh, the Louisiana Housing Corporation has various grant programs that will offer closing cost assistance. And they kind of run the gamut. Uh, there's income limits on them, of course, but you could check into these programs. And a lot of them, they'll either just, you know, give you a grant towards closing costs. So it'll give you that closing cost money without making the seller pay for it. Or they'll do things where it'll be a, you know, second mortgage on the home 
uh, for those closing costs, but then that mortgage will be forgiven if you stay in the house for a certain number of years. And so there's various different programs that they have, but those are things you should explore. And your lender would probably know about those, or if you're working with a realtor, which you should always have a realtor. I have another episode about that. You can go listen to about why you should always have a realtor, but your realtor or your lender should know about those programs. And you can explore those before you make that offer because it may turn out, oh, I can get this assistance. And so I don't have to ask the seller for those closing costs. And so that'll just be one less thing in the deal uh, to kind of, you know, scare off the seller. You know, they won't have to worry about those kind of things. It can just be a clean offer and uh, they're more likely to take those kind of offers. So uh, that's about it. Just remember that you want to, you want the seller to be as calm and assured with that offer as possible. So that's removing contingencies, anything you can do to make this, to let the seller know that this is going to be a smooth, easy transaction and, you know, any kind of personal stuff you can tell them about why you want the house always helps. Uh, sometimes it doesn't, but you know, you never know. Uh, so those are the kind of things you can do to hopefully increase your chances of getting that offer accepted in this very competitive market. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, please uh, like this video and subscribe. Uh, if you're listening to this on a podcast platform, please give us a good rating. Uh, all my social media links are down below. So please follow us on social media, both my company and myself. Uh, to just to keep up to date with what's going on. And of course, if you ever have any uh, title questions or you need a closing and you're in Baton Rouge, uh, please come to us and we'll see y'all next time.